Okay, final matchup of round one. Emery versus from first to last. And from Emery, we get the classic Walls. It really does. It really holds up, man. Uh, Versus from first to last. This is, of course, Sonny of Skrillex fame. His Screamo band on Epitaph Records that he fronted before doing Skrillex. However, their top Screamo track is from a bit later in their career. Uh, It's a single called Make War from 2017. Here we go. Hey, comes easy. With you, I come hard. Okay, hold on. Before we get what? to that chorus, can we, uh, let's just go through those lyrics. Yes, hate, lyric hate comes easy, but with you, I come hard. Mm. <laughs> Happy anniversary from the bottom of my credit card. Who was that inside you that made me feel so cock strong? I wish the truth could do to you what your Snapchat put me through. I'm not sure what's going on here lyrically. Does this qualify as screamo lyrics, Jed? I that I don't know. This that's <laughs> the it is um it is like misogyny core. Like it's like it's kind of weird. It's that's the, just that weird. is the cringiest. I remember this. I think that's Craig Mabbitt. Am I? Is that right? Who's that singer? I don't no. know. You think they no, started? No, no, they no. reformed with a new singer? I th- yeah, it's not Sunny. Oh, it's not Sunny. Oh, no. interesting. No, no, no. He he never went back. I see. Uh, that would see. make more sense then. But yeah. I remember um, that being a specific uh, um, critique of theirs was just the the most cringy lyrics in the world. Uh, who is it? Who is it? No, dude. Sonny sang on that song, Make War. And the original Derek, the original drummer, Derek Bloom, returned to the band. Although that single has Travis Barker on drums, according to Wikipedia. So that is Sonny. They did some stuff without Sonny at some point. Is that a like, cover song? It says a new, that it doesn't would, say. That would make more sense. I don't know. They're, they're, we're going to, we're just going <laughs> to. We're going to have to not know the answer to that, uh, but but OK, so obviously you're going to go with Emery. Yeah. Oh, God, am I? That was you know, unbelievable. It was cool to hear Emery kind of at the end of all these. We've heard every band now and then we get Emery because I've been kind of thinking about what they're so unique in their genre. Like they're kind of there's a few things that they do quite different. Uh, they don't often 
have a lot of repeating parts. So they might have a chorus, but there wouldn't be like the same kind of verses. And they often don't have choruses. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the sort of like two classically trained vocalists singing in a bit more of an operatic style, mm-hmm. kind of playing off of each other. Um, those are kind of the, probably the main two things that jump out to me. And it, it did strike me. It, it really sounded different in context of all these other bands. Well, it did. And they they also, you know, the other the the piano motif, the keyboard motif. They use was, keyboards really well. And not all really the bands well. and not all the bands on this playlist, this in this tournament use keyboards well. If right. they use them at all. Right. Like it, it they used the programming and keys. Um and they had and they had the especially with, with Josh, they had that uh that sexy stage swag. Have Jed there, Emery is going strong with Josh. Josh and his flowing, mostly gray locks. Just silver fox. Just flailing uh, hither and and thither. Toby Uh, with his with his life alert. Casey falls. (laughs) I love Toby. I love all of them. They're friends. They're dear friends. And and so and so really like I was never able to, you know, because everybody I'm sure they get so tired of it. But it was like it was. 16 year old me would have shat himself to know that he has a personal relationship with Toby Morrell. You know what I like? They were that they were big. That was another band that was extremely formative because also I was a Christian kid. So that was another important thing to these screamo bands that a lot of them were Christian, at least in name at the time. So it was like, once again, there was some representation of like, Oh my gosh, you know, it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I, you know, we were contemporaries with them pretty much. So we did Warp Tour together and and just kind of became friends. Uh, you're about four or five years younger than me. So that kind of tracks. And I mean, they, they were a little, I think their first record came out before ours by a couple of years. But, you know, we did some, played some festivals together. And of course, I become fr- became friends with them um, later on when I moved to Seattle and got my podcasting start through bad Christian and their network and, and all of that. So, uh, go way back with those dudes. And yeah, I, I still rock, uh, most of the songs that we're going to hear from them today. So that concludes round one, and we are now ready to go into round two. Let me just ask you briefly before we do any, any surprises from round one, any, anything, uh, that jumped out to you? Uh, I was surprised. Um, at probably I didn't think drugs would make it this far, to be honest. Um, yeah. Otherwise, well, and I didn't know it would. I didn't the from autumn to ashes losing out to static lullaby. Um, granted, they didn't in my mind. Yeah, uh, that was that was my doing. Yes, that was your doing. Um, otherwise, no, I guess I am. I'm pleasantly surprised at how well this this took a long time to figure out what bands fit in this genre. And more texts I than say, I have ever exchanged with any guest to f- just to figure out how to get the thing structured. But what, what are you going to say? I got to say like the congruity in all these songs yeah. is dead on. I like, think we found it. I think it took a while, it. but we found it, you know, post hardcore as an umbrella genre. I think it it's become clear to me in prepping for this and in and in prepping for this, as I've texted with you about, I'm getting all these ideas for other episodes, like of different sort of subgenres of post hardcore. It's a really important genre to my life, 
And mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't think I would have been able to sort of lay out the relationship between post-hardcore, emo, hardcore punk, screamo, you know, the emo revival stuff. Like I wouldn't have been able to sort of map that out in any coherent way. And it's been kind of fun to, to sort of put those pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, like it, it undid a lot of assumptions of like, oh yeah, that band, they're screamo. And then like, you really dig into it and you're like, wait a minute, I guess not. And what, yeah, like, what oh, they're, does ki- make they're that? actually kind of doing like, like someone might've thought me without you is screamo. And right. you could at some point, well, he's screaming and then he's singing and it's loud, but it's like, no, they're more influenced by Fugazi than they are, you know, these, the bands that the screamo bands are coming from. So it's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited for some more post-hardcore episodes. It's funny that like I was already committed to doing this one, the Screamo one, but of all the possible post-hardcore things that I'll end up covering, this is going to be my least favorite group of bands. <laughs> but that's also kind of fun. You know, that's, I think it can be entertaining and I, I like kind of hearing your take on it. And, and this is obviously a really important genre of music for you. I mean, it, I have a couple questions for you about that that I'll save for yeah, the sure. end. Like when when you find yourself listening to this music and all that stuff. But we'll, we'll save that for the end. Good, yeah. Round two, matchup one, Pierce the Veil versus Seosin. Ah, this is going to be absolutely brutal. A Match into Water by Pierce the Veil. Interesting. I feel like there might be with that track a little bit of like, if you don't hear it before age 21, there's no going back. It's Mm. not going to quite hit you at 39. It can't. It's sort of it's a little bit got one hand tied behind its back. Basically, you mean uh, I kissed the scars on your wrist Uh, doesn't (laughs) doesn't. Uh, I screamed, oh, God, you vulture, give her back or take me with her. It really isn't. Uh... Uh, no, I am. It's so funny. I love that. Again, I love you're doing Jed's lyric corner. But for me, it is in the production and the vocal style and all that stuff. Like it's it's a little yeah. bit like it's aimed at it's just youthful. And yeah, yeah. I love a lot of the stuff that I discovered as a youth because I can tie it back, but I feel a little bit, yeah, like a chaperone at the school dance listening to that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) Up against Seosin Collapse from the self-titled record.
No. Is there a, is there a little bit of that's a weekend? That's Bo. That's weekend? not Anthony. It's no. It, yeah, it's not Anthony. It's it's the Bo. second guy. And is there a little bit of a weekend at Bernie's thing going on with Seosin after Anthony leaves? Uh, it depends who you ask. Sure. I mean, they okay, had so they had their biggest radio people, hit. I know. Yeah. Vo- uh, and voices was a different You're voices. Not What's the name of that track? Alone. <laughs> there is more to this. Yeah, that's a good song. That is their biggest song, uh, but I don't think it has the kind of. It's not screamo, so I didn't. No, put it it's in. a ballad. It's a thirty second to Mars. Mm. Um, and then, and vo- voices is a pretty cool track. Also, not really screamo. So but okay, so apparently, um, and this might have been unlabeled. I heard this, but uh, the guitarist is the brain is the is the driving force brainchild. So I guess there really hmm. wasn't a weekend at Bernie's thing going on. I mean, okay. I think it's always yeah. been in the control of. Um, but is that? But did Anthony Green write his own melodies? Uh, yeah, that's sure. the que- because that's I'm the question. Sure. I, it, that song feels to me, and I know it's it's not as as popular of a song, but it is still one of the the biggest songs from that record. It just like vocally, it's like I don't know. It's, it's just like there's nothing really grabbing my attention about it. Instrumentally, it it sounds pretty cool. They're obviously a super talented band, but in terms of like who's like putting more work in. The Pierce the Veil track is definitely the 100 percent, 100 percent that one. So you're going to go. And Pierce that's the Veil. a that's an album opener. And it's just a it's 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 a fantastic one two punch. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. OK. That's a well, bummer. That's going to be a big. I, I can't believe say listen, I honestly thought they were going to be number one. Well, but. yeah, but they didn't. But, you know, it, it's it's definitely they only have the five tracks with with Anthony Green on vocals. I feel like we should play a clip from one of the other tracks on that. EP. Well, and their, their entire new album that they did with him. That's right. They have a whole, they do have a new record with him. That's yeah. pretty cool. But it was, you, that was almost wanna, like circus survive. Yeah. What do you want to hear from, from sales? as we say goodbye. Oh, I would hear, um, uh, I can tell there was an accident here. This is, uh, it was like a demo track and this is, there it is. Wow. Amazing. This is from 2020. Is it? But is it an old recording? No, th- this was uh, this was like not published anywhere for the longest time. OK, so this is early and they may have re-recorded it. But yeah, this is early. Great. I've never heard this song. Let's hear it. That chorus, pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He says, "I'm." <laughs> that chorus is huge. Huge. I, I'm, I love it. I love that you love it. I like. I do like it. Actually, no, I do. Uh, that sounds wrong. I I do. I just like honestly. I just am so in love with Seven Years that like let's just let's just hear another thirty seconds of Seven Years. Okay. <laughs>
just can't get enough of that, that song. I, yeah, I really hear what you're talking about on the recording now. Like, it is insane how yeah. clearly I can hear every little yeah. thing that's going on right there. I know. And it's densely layered. And the drumming and the guitar parts and everything are all super busy. I'm sure there's a little bit of digital, you know, kind of manipulation production-wise. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I just, it's a miracle of self-funded recording at that time. All yeah. right, Sayosin. Uh, you did well. Pierce the Veil goes on. Next up, Silverstein versus Under Oath. And we get this another is track. This un unfair. This we is, get another that's... track from Discovering the Waterfront. This is Smile in Your Sleep. where I think the real screaming comes in the bridge. Yeah, I, man, I didn't realize how much um, that was almost like Breaking Bad and those type of bands. And um, the the verse part, the, the yeah, picking that, in the background in between of the drum beat, like that was very crib by like Chevelle and like Breaking Bad. That's it also sounds like early Breaking used Breaking stuff. Benjamin. Breaking Benjamin. It also sounds like the used you know, yeah. wow, those kind of like hammer on parts and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Yes. That can work really well. Okay. Uh, unfortunately for Silverstein, they're coming up against another buzzsaw, Writing on the Walls by Under Oath. Mm. And how we missed your beat again. I swear we need to find some comfort see under oath at their uh first return festival performance it was at so what i guess that yeah. was like two, 2017 i i i really cannot put into words like the electricity when that intro played when they played that song yeah for the first dude. time dude it was un fucking believable people go crazy unbelievable for every you yeah. look around everyone is just grinning their faces like i'm getting yeah. like it brought us like god one of my favorite songs to play on the drums i play that once a week maybe it's incredible play along to it it's great yeah. i mean incredible incredible well so let's so say i'm gonna for, go with silverstein <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about silverstein uh because they really have, in my mind, kind of defied certainly my expectations. I don't know what other people expected them to do, but they've put out 
at least on two separate records in the last six, seven years. Really cool stuff. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, a track called The Afterglow. Oh, I want All right. Then what I, do you want to hear? The Altar Mary, which okay, I we'll consider their magnum opus. We'll do a little, little bit of both. We'll do a little right, bit of both. Here's The Afterglow. Good. It's a long drive home. We can pass the time by counting all the stars in the song good chorus. it is they're so prolific what album is the song you want to hear on uh maiden Mi- maiden misery no misery made me from misery the most recent me. record 2023 yeah. it's called the altar mary so it's kind of a two-parter song so if you want to play a little bit of the beginning and then a little bit of the yeah it's like two slash. songs it's, kind of yeah together yeah. okay but it's that's pretty brutal and cool extremely the altar of the fucking dollar let's go the let's go to the second half of the song where we get a little different vibe so talk to me, talk to me, I've got it bad Forgot what I needed, lost what I had Mary, I feel the devil in this room tonight I'm faded, I'm a sinner and I can't stop It was getting to the yeah. I know it's and the yeah. the lyrics yeah great. That's an example to me of emotional lyrics that don't come off cheesy. When he said, uh, I "Was just gonna say yep. if I yeah if I hold my breath long enough to see God yeah just yeah." Ooh, and you know what I, I I think that these last couple or few Silverstein records the, the the bits and pieces that I've heard I think what they made me realize is that I did not take them seriously back when we were kind of in the same scene as them. And I probably looked down on them, even though uh, I was friends with Bill, the bassist, also known by many as Bilverstein, one of the great uh, name combos. Amazing. Super good dude, super friendly guy, um, really supportive guy. And but I I think I didn't take the band very seriously. I probably kind of lumped them in with, you know, Hawthorne Heights and other bands like that. And so to just have been proven wrong, like, no, 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 they had something and they kept going and they've made a bunch of cool records I'm like, oh, all right. So I was wrong about that. That's I, that's like yeah. a nice surprise, you know. I, I think I, I don't. I think if you would go back and you would say, "Here's a hundred dollars for you to bet on what band will be around in 2023." Yeah, I don't think anybody would have put it on them. Okay, so and you're they, making they just, me feel a little better, I guess. Then. Oh yeah, yeah but it, well, and it may have just <laughs> been that like they they journeyed out of our purview because every time I've seen them at a festival. I mean, I'm talking 2000, 
count sing-alongs like at yeah. the top of people's lungs and it's like they've just been like how many songs have they written that's what i was just thinking i was like they yeah. shane is an incredible i mean thousands hundreds of just pumping out albums doing their thing just irking out a living and i'm sure they they make a decent living just touring and yeah you know, good good well, for them open open invite shane or bill if you want to come on pretty good vibrations hit me up yeah okay as we kick them off the uh, As we kick them bracket. <laughs> yeah, you got a soft landing. Okay, yep. we've got the, what's the dude's name from these two Craig, bands? The Battle of the Craigs, Craig Owens. Battle of Craig Owens. So we've got Destroy, Rebuild Until God Shows versus Chiodos. Here is The Only Thing You Talk About by Drugs. The band that he assembled for that record rips. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Up against Chiodos, bulls make money, bears mm. make money, pigs get slaughtered. A mm. Wall Street reference, I imagine. That's a tough one. It's a that is and so lyric corner. Okay, uh, he goes in a world where everybody wants to be a model, and then he goes, "What's wrong, baby? Did Daddy not give you enough attention?" But he screams, "Attention, attention, attention!" Yeah, that Uh, um man, that song is a killer. I might I might use a rain delay here because as it stands, uh, Chiodos wins that. Uh, That song's just the the bass line is so cool. It's got Mm -hmm. a little almost um latin flair to it the yeah. a little a little salsa type thing i just um, think that that like just between those two records of theirs it feels like they made a huge jump mm-hmm. sort of uh, per production wise his vocals sound way more confident uh they sound in tune and frankly, i think it was a major don't. label debut okay okay maybe so let's I, see I, that I one believe. was it says equal vision but oh, I don't know. Oh, eight. And not. then the other one's oh five and also equal vision. I'm almost positive, but you would have, you would have definitely, they would have definitely gotten like a budget increase in, in those days between the first and second record. Yeah. So that, that was bone palace ballet. Yes. That we just heard. Yeah. Hmm. So you want to do a rain delay and, and hear new songs or just make the call. I'm going to go with Chiodos. Okay. Farewell. Destroy rebuild 
until God shows, I will tell you, you've made a new fan out of me. Hey. I like that band. I like that record. I'm going to be listening to them. Yep. Awesome. Anything to say? I mean, it's the same guy. So we're kind of talking about the same dude. Yeah, apparently. So apparently on his comeback tour, so they were touring with uh, the band Varials, and the fans noticed that uh, a few weeks into the tour, Varials, the members, after they got done playing, just walked up and played for drugs. Apparently his entire band quit on him again. Oh, geez. Yeah, apparently he's like a real a real pill to deal okay. with. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we, But that's, he's, that's he's the incredible. scuttlebutt. He can write yeah. some music. He writes good music, and he, and he has made it into the... Mount it's, Rushmore of Screamo, which we're about to we're about to name the fourth head on the mountain. Uh, and this is the final uh, round two matchup. Escape the Fate versus Emery. Escape the Fate. We get this war is ours. Parentheses. The guillotine two. That's a that's a shift from the from the other that's, record we heard. Yeah, that's not that's after that was uh, Ronnie is not in that band then. Okay, so that's a different guy. That that's from yep. 2010. They Ronnie apparently have gone, gone through some to, shifts. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Ronnie's now you could argue in one of the biggest bands in the world, which is what Falling in Reverse. That's him. Oh, that's his other band. Yep. Okay. Well, Escape the Fate, Goliath going up against David Emery. With one fourteenth the monthly Spotify listeners, but Jed, this might be a buzzsaw of its own. The ponytail parades. This track rules. I'm gonna find the part I want though. Oh yeah, I hope it's the part I want. Um It doesn't feel right holding someone else's hand, Dan. Together on, what's the line there? uh, Together we bold lines and living in two opposite ends. I don't know what what it is. I always think of it as like a tour tour romance, like a long distance I'm on tour romance song. Oh, is it together with phone lines? Phone lines and living at two. I mean, I literally have them in front of me. Here we go. Opposite ends. Yeah. I don't know if they're all, the lyrics are in here. That could oh, be this whole- is from this is earlier on in the song. Got it. Okay, here we go. I'll, I'll fix that. Uh, it doesn't feel right holding someone else's hand together on phone lines and living uh-huh. at two yep. opposite ends. 
Yeah. He's just worried that someone's going to start dating his girl. And uh, you know what? I was, in a three, I was in a three-year long-distance relationship while I was on tour with my wife before I married her. So I get it. Very good. I, I mean, I love that song. So I, I don't do know too. what you're. I don't know what you're thinking. Who, who oh, are yeah. you going with? Emery? Absolutely, Emery. Yeah. Gal- David takes his little fucking stones and he slays Goliath. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, escape the fate there. If this this date in scene history, so he Ronnie famously went to prison because he showed up to in the desert. Something about like he showed up with some people and to fight some other people. Long story short, one of them ended up dying. So I think he got an an accessory to murder charge and he went to prison, prison. And while he was in prison, he started writing music and he got out of prison, recorded the first falling in reverse album solo, got sober. Long story short, now he is literally one of the biggest acts in the world. Yeah. Falling in reverse. People still hate him. Over two times as many listeners as Escape the Fate, for what it's yeah. worth, on Spotify, six point seven million monthly listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Popular- I'm not getting jealous. I don't. You're getting jealous. I'm not getting jealous. I'm doing just fine over here, Jed. It's you know, dude. He is making some hits, making some enemies. He's yeah. one of those like man children uh, responding to trolls on Twitter. Oh, that's that's not a great look. No, but all right, farewell, Escape the Fate. And uh, you've escaped your fate of of uh, joining our highly official and I would say evidence based, rigorous, empirical Mount Rushmore of Screamo. Our four presidents are Pierce the Veil, Under Oath, Chiodos, and Emery. How do you feel about that top four, that Mount Rushmore, Jed? It's pretty solid. It's actually pretty solid. Ch- Chiodos was the surprise. Chiodos was a surprise. I think I would have felt bad if drugs made it, seeing as how they essentially had one album back then. I mean, not essentially. They did have one album back then. So that would have flown in the face of, uh, I think I think there are definitely some people screaming that Hawthorne Heights isn't in the Mount Rushmore. But start you know your what? own podcast. I Those don't know people can black their own eyes if yes. they are so mad about it. <laughs> don't, don't cut your wrists. But do not, please don't cut your wrists. Okay. So now we've got Pierce the Veil versus Under Oath semifinals. Here's Bulls in the Bronx from Pierce the Veil. Maybe we're just having too much fun. screaming and riffing i'm like i'm at the school dance and i'm like man this is like a pretty good dj and i'm kind of getting into it and then once they start singing i'm like okay the the 14 year olds are twerking and i'm gonna just like try and make conversation with the teachers because this is getting awkward for me Uh, i know it's it's another make or break based on the voice but i could argue Uh that Uh is this entire genre oh i i think that's right you know yeah okay but so i i thought that was that's a good track but it's up against reinventing your exit by under oath. Misinforming you. Misinforming 
Chad, I gotta know where you stand, man. Oh, I, I, I have a prediction of what is about to happen. You're gonna pick Pierce the Veil, and I'm gonna veto you. Yep, yep. But let me explain myself. Okay, let's um, hear it. So, number one, song choice that I enjoy that song live. Uh, you will not find me really listening to that on my own time. Okay. Is that the one that they famously changed uh, the lyric? At the last minute, it used to, such a sucker know. for that. The, the uh, original line was sucker for, sucker for that whore. And the oh. producer was like, don't say that. Like, take that yeah. out. Yeah. I don't know if it's track. that track or not. Such a sucker for that. They do I've sound similar. Yeah, no, that might have been a boy a brush song. red. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I got to go pierce the veil on that. <sighs> I'm not going to veto you because I feel oh. like, I mean, I... Like, I get it. I, I don't think it's like an insane take. There are also, I really like that song. I especially like that pre-chorus. We all want to be, want to be somebody. It's so simple. It's just like power chords and Spencer yelling the most elemental kind of almost existential human feeling. Just like such a yes. bear. And f to me, that 12 seconds or whatever is like kind of what, heavy music can do i'm talking myself into a veto i have talked myself into a oh, veto no. and i am vetoing <laughs> you no, okay well I don't, and, in defense in defense of the of the art i will say i think spencer might have my favorite scream at least unbelievable the, scream he enunciates you hear what he's yeah. saying and it is the type where you know when i would defend this genre to other people Back then, they'd be like, well, they're just angry. I'm like, no, like, read the lyrics and understand right. that it is just the most possibly intense emotional way you can express that emotion. And it's so good, you know? Yeah. Okay, so tell me about Pierce the Veil, because we're I'm, I'm kicking them out. They, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if there's a better epitome of Screamo. Now, yeah. I guess, you, you know, they are more on the... Uh, I wonder what subgenre that is. It's the Sleeping with Sirens, Dance Gavin Dance, Pierce the Veil, the really higher pitched male vocalist. Yeah. But Pierce the Veil, so I snubbed them. Their album, Selfish Machines, and, and I will stand this album, I will argue for it. Uh, from a musician's standpoint, unbelievable. Like they're. Well, let's play that. So the, the next brothers. track was going to be from it. Okay, oh, you're, you're saying the. Uh, Carafernelia? Don't yeah, that okay. I mean that's no? one of the most popular ones. Uh I would do either Besitos or Let's do Besitos track 1. Let's hear yeah. a little bit of Besitos. And you're saying that some of the guys have They're... Latino Hispanic heritage and Yeah, all of them. All and so they okay. were they were they were brought up playing flamenco. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and the, that's what I'm saying. They're it's very musically accomplished. Yeah. Okay, I am looking at a photo of them. They are very clearly. Yeah, the Fuentes La brothers, <laughs> even though. Very clearly. Uh, Latino. Okay, here is Besitos.
I just want you to hear one part at the end. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess maybe a, a minute before it ends. Let's try. A uh, little bit farther, maybe 15 seconds. It was before that. Let's just Whoops. let's just cut all that part out. Yeah, yeah. Um, as if to anticipate my awkward dance chaperone feelings, the cover of this album is like a male and female child dressed up and holding <laughs> something together, kind of holding hands, but holding some sort of glowing box, and it looks literally like a junior high dance. Jet. I know. I know. But it <laughs> I is, had not it realized is that. That was not the joke. That was not my joke. It is surprisingly well-rounded and adult in its musical themes. It sound, it's 2010, <laughs> and it sounds to me like they were listening to the Mars Volta when they were working on that record That's as well. a comparison I never made. That's really good. Yeah. And where are they from? They are also They're a huge band. They're from San Diego. San Diego. Okay. And oh, yeah. They're unbelievably massive. And they are, this is so funny. They are also playing at that festival I'm going to. Oh, look at that. It all comes um, around. They okay. just came out with a super divisive latest album where it's very Nirvana alt rock sounding. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just follow that thread for a second. Yeah. Go for it. It is the song Pass the Nirvana is called Pass the Nirvana <laughs> from the Jaws of Life. really interesting you know what i'm hearing i do hear a little bit of that kind of 90s and, and it is a little nirvana the the notes of that acoustic riff but that part sounds more like beck to me it's it's 90s and oh, then when it nailed that when it yeah. kicks in sounds like turnstile it's like this yeah. modern it's a modern hardcore kind of a thing i'm gonna check that record out that is by far my favorite pierce the veil stuff that, that i've heard thus far yeah, and so that is part of my argument to that they are legitimate musicians that make legitimate. Yeah, yeah. and I, it's sure. funny. I I have not. Um, I need to give that latest one like a actual yeah. full chance. I do feel like as we as we send as I artificially send under oath to the finals, the championship. Some people are going to be like they are not a screamo band, and that's true because of where they went. But they got like three Screamo records. And as yeah. far as the, you know, they're not that kind of textbook Screamo, but they are alternating melodic and screaming vocals. It's definitely coming out of post-hardcore and emo, uh, you know, and then they move and on. The they time. become more of a hardcore band, basically. The, the time was right. Also, yes, for, also the timing. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
other semifinal, Chiodos v. Emery. From Chiodos, we get There's No Penguins in Alaska. <laughs> against the party song by emery this is the spotify Old. plays wow yep. okay we go. all right February. The bridge? Well, yeah, the bridge. You gotta put if the bridge is the best part, you should make it the chorus or the verse. That's Ooh, on Emery. Got him. <laughs> got him. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Uh man, I didn't realize how much of a mess that transition on that Chioto song was. Well, I I used only the later part of what you heard, basically, to get to a I just kind of started fresh at that point. Where the Oh, well, no, really no, no. I mean yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was still part of the song. Like, it was just yeah. like, ah, uh, I see what y'all are trying to do. You can tell that they were very young and just throwing stuff at the wall back then. Um, yeah, it's messy. And it, it has the, I, I feel like that breakdown riff is used by every single band from in, in 2006. The, like, that is a, multi-song riff that has yeah. just very slight variations it's it's the classic you could say can i just say really quick that the i got this i got this that part of emery the emery song party on uh-huh. makes me think of this part of hips don't lie by shakira Sorry, not in Toby. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. Shakira. So I go, I got this, Shakira, Shakira. That's what I hear in my mind. Let's go on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How many? So that was number three on their Spotify's? Of the songs that are screamo. So like they have some tracks. Yeah, yeah. Like studying politics and in shallow seas we sail, those tracks do not have screaming in any meaningful way. So I skipped them. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I'm going Emery. That's a and All that right. album, that album seriously aged like fine wine. So what we are learning here is that Tooth and Nail owned Screamo, or at least our I mean, not just our experience then, 
But Tooth & Nail Records is owning our experience now of these bands and songs. We have an all Tooth & Nail championship round. That, yeah, I mean... That definitely speaks volumes to the the taste making abilities. Uh, although it's yeah. one of those, you know, it, chicken or egg situations. Yeah. And of course, we still our memories do impact how we hear them now. Like we have emotional associations with songs. It's not, of course, you can't fully separate yourself. Right. But it is. It's not the same thing as what did I like the most then? Because we really are listening fresh to a lot of these tracks. Okay. Under oath, Emery championship round i'm pretty glad this is what ended up because that's actually that's those are both fair choices for number one it's dangerous business walking out your front door by under oath here we go i gotta play a different part because i need to get to the louder one um here we go Against So Cold I Could See My Breath by Emery. What's it going to be, Jed? Oh. I'll just let you know I'm not going to veto you one way or the other. I don't know. Oh, I got to rain delay it. Okay, next track for each band. I, I have to. I have to because it's, it's, I am too invested in one particular and I can't yeah. separate it. I have to rain delay it. Okay. For, for objectivity's sake. Yeah. Uh, I believe then our next track is going to be one of my favorite Under Oath songs, Young and Aspiring, track one from their Only Chasing Safety. Here we go.
Jeez. Up against Listening to Freddie Mercury by Emery. No. <laughs> So people don't think it's unfair. There is screaming at the, and it's a great screaming part too. Yeah. Oh, I, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. I am going to go with Emery. Wow. The dark horse. I'm going to go with Emery. I think it's wrong, but I'm not going to veto you. Uh, I like Emery. That's a good song. I, to me, it's not really that close. I think that young and aspiring is just perfection. But that's okay. You know what? We're different it, it, people. It is, and it's 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 to me. It Emery the Emery songs are closer to screamo than sure. Yeah, like that's fair. What what the yeah those I mean what those Underworld songs are are transcendent moments in time that are like they lightning in a bottle like yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, I would just argue, I think Emery more embodies the screamo. So anything to say about either of these bands as the, the tournament ends? We, we cra- so Emery, they are the Scream Kings. Don't you think also? I mean, really, that- Josh Head is the Scream King. And, yes. and Toby, I think on some some of the re- records, like I think that Josh wasn't on the first record and it was Toby. So or however it goes. But yeah, Josh and Toby are the Scream Kings of screamo. Do you also think that they would be mad that they won the sc- the screamo? <laughs> Almost definitely. I can't wait yeah. for them to. <laughs> someone's going to tell them if it's not me, and they're going to, and someone's going to send me an angry text. I'm looking Absolutely. forward to it. Sorry, sorry, fellas. You, <laughs> if the shoe fits, uh, yell into it. Um, <laughs> but once again, both of those bands unbelievably formative. Uh, I mean, yeah. the the Emory record. I see it in my mind's eye, a burned CD in my buddy's Mazda two-seater truck. I had to ride in the back. We kept the sliding glass door open, and we would just drive around Irmo, South Carolina, all fucking summer, just wearing that thing out. And then yeah. just, you know, and then both those bands, too, it seemed like uh, were present. So Under Oath, I followed greatly because of Spencer's addiction things. And mm. I remember being in Tampa, Florida, they're playing at Janice landing. And uh, it was, I think it was actually under Earth and Emory. Uh, and she, I'm not even kidding. It may have been under Earth Emory and Chiodos like on a regular not, bill, not a festival, a regular bill, a regular <laughs> tour. It, I mean, that it, sounds like the mid that yep. for me. Yeah. I'll that check sounds it. Right. Um, but like these things were so important to me where it was like, Oh, this dude's like struggling like I right. am. And at the time, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't so much winning the battle. Almost yeah. That sort of thing, even more important because it was like a it was something it was a ledge to hold on to. So you don't just completely fall off a cliff. And then especially right. when you're finding out like, oh, 
he's doing better and like okay because yeah. and this is i just thought of this it's it's this thing where especially in addiction where i had this idea that oh well if i just had uh, a stage and a band and money and whatever if i just had success then i would be satisfied and so then when you see someone that has that and you're like oh shit it's not working out for them either that's maybe that's huge. not enough that's yeah. huge it makes me think of what jim carrey has kind of been talking about in mm, recent yes. years he, he's been on this big kick about how like the best thing you can do is get everything you dreamed about having to then realize that it will not make you happy yeah. And, and, and that's like, just, I think such a human experience. And it's a, it's a deep truth that most of us don't ever experience firsthand because very few people get everything they ever wanted. Spencer's right. one of them. Probably. I don't, I don't know him well enough to know that Jim Carrey's one of them, you know, but it, yeah, you have to find meaning elsewhere. Uh, and I love that. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, especially that song listening to Freddie Mercury, that was probably my earliest exposure to deconstruction. And I remember yeah. having an argument with a girlfriend at the time with that final line. Um, it's not our job to make anyone believe. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I agree with that. And she, yeah. I was like, Oh no, I think that's exactly what it's about. And I remember thinking in my head, like, well, you're just a backslidden, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's so funny though, that it, like it, it was very, ahead of its time and prescient as far as where my spiritual journey would go. So it's, it's, it's very interesting how this world of like music and, and uh, podcasting and books and teachers and stuff, how you can pair grow with someone or a group or a movement or an artist. And then at different points in your life, they have been there and, as you grow, you're interpreting what they're saying differently. And I mean, because literally I can, I can pinpoint exact moments in the 15 years of like my serious addiction and serious development spiritually and all that. And these different albums and seeing them live, um, it was almost like, like um, mile markers in time. And wow. yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. You're it's a good podcaster because you're kind of you're basically bringing us right into where I wanted to go, which is sort of these questions about this music in general, right? So using Under Oath and Emery as a as a launch pad there. But what does Screamo mean to you? Is it more about the time of your life? Is it more about the the genre itself, whether that's musically or lyrically? Is it nostalgic? Does it still feel present and important? Like that kind of thing. You know, the cheap answer is all of the above, but I will go into detail. Like, for instance, that a static lullaby song you got me to listen to, I hadn't heard it before. And it did that thing where it made me nostalgic for something I had not experienced. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, because like, oh, it came out in 06 or whatever. It's too late yeah. now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, of course, there's the nostalgia factor, but it, I, <sighs> It was, it seemed so tailor made to my experience as an adolescent and a teenager and a young adult. Just every, I guess it represented, you know, because I remember my, my older sister, she's who got me into this music and she took me to my first show, like not a concert. The first one yeah. I ever went to was Beloved. Yeah. Um, and like, 
I don't remember. Definitely early, early screamo, tooth and nail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was just so different an experience from what I had gone through before, just live music in general, like that. You know, I'd I'd got I'd seen like major rock acts at like a, a local rock festival that just wasn't the same. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, not to harp on it too much, but it's it was the important thing was at that time, the only cool movement of people that weren't doing drugs was the straight edge movement. And right. so all of a sudden I had like a cool quote reason to not do drugs, which mm. was important back then, like socially, yeah. uh, because it was weird that I was the one person not drinking or doing these things. Um, and I was like, Oh, so it, it was a community. Um, and there's not many in my experience, there's not many sober expressions of or sober feelings you can get that that rival the intensity of like a fantastic live music experience. And then it's like interactive and got into hardcore dancing, and breakdowns of the culture and yep. connecting with a with a vocalist and, and screaming. I mean, it's like, not dissimilar from the best kind of church experiences that people have. Not at all. Not at all. It's and hitting well, all and, those levels. Yeah. Yes. And that's probably the the third component was that I was able to look at this like as an act of worship, like as mm. an expression of faith. Yeah. And especially you know, I like way early on, and I think Holy Name is the band that, that has done it. It's like I wanted to start a hardcore band that just did hymns but just screamed them because I was like, it seems like a, some of these words, like yeah, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me would be an fucking amazing breakdown call you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but that's isaiah that's not a hymn all right but you, know but you could do yeah you could do scripture or find the darker you know you, you as someone who did have a project that was all rewritten hymns and rearranged and whatnot it, it is harder to find the dark stuff but you can find it you could certainly find mm -hmm. a couple albums worth yeah mm -hmm. so yeah and i you know and it was i am one of the you know terminally unique as the term says where it was it was different you know it was non-conformist it was uh everyone it you had to you had to do work to discover the music nothing was kind of hand fed to you well that would be um, true up until up until a certain point right because of course then the the pierce the of veils course. and the escape the fates were like the number one selling shirt at hot topic for a while i'm sure and you know, on rock radio and, and whatnot. So it did get to that point where it was mass culture, but, but for a good three, four years there, this stuff was, and depending on how far back you go, some of the bands I mentioned in the intro of part one, you know, like the, that stuff was very underground and then it, it's kind of slowly built and became yeah. mainstream. Yeah. And yeah, I guess it's funny. I've, I've never really spent time thinking about it and the the interesting thing to me has been to observe the pe my peers now my friends now to see who kept with it like who stopped listening to it who mm. and how quickly they stopped listening to it was it like as soon as they moved away and there's like yeah. oh I like I kind of never really liked it but I liked going to shows I liked hanging out with you guys I like as soon as they da, got da, da, da. a software engineering job. <laughs> I my why, why is that so true? I actually feel like a lot of software engineers that I know listen to a ton of heavy music while they're coding and while they're oh, working. Yeah. They oh, yeah. like my my deepest into metal 
friends are like mostly into software, graphic design, stuff like that. And they have, <laughs> they have sort of non-verbal jobs, you know, uh, I, I don't really know what the experience of coding is like, but I would imagine it's not requiring, you know, your language center in the same way that like, you know, I can't, I can't be working on an episode outline and trying to come up with words or questions to ask someone while I'm listening to music that has lyrics. Like For that's sure. kind of, you know, that's getting in the way. So I have to listen to instrumental music when I'm studying or prepping or something like that. Yeah. Have you ever typed a lyric you're listening to by accident? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, have. I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've done that. Um, what about so this? When, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. When do you find yourself listening to this music now? Like, are there moods? Are there, is there something you're trying to hit? Um, you know, uh, what's it doing for you? I will listen to it. And, and once again, I, I found the, the usually like the good, good times in my life or um, a lot of driving, a lot of gym time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of video game playing background music. Um, and it's funny what, what typically happens now is that a song will come to me and I'll listen to that. And while I'm listening to it, it'll be the cascade effect of like, Oh my God, I forgot about that. And I forgot about yeah. that. And yeah. especially this came into play, like when furnace fest came back and I joined the furnace fest Facebook group and it's kind of a high school reunion for all these you know, scene kids. Absolutely. And it's just been like, Oh, a lot of posts are like, dude, who remembers this band? And it's like, Oh my God, I forgot about that band. That is amazing. Um, yeah. So usually times like that, I would say. I, so for me, you know, as we've heard, like most of these bands are not like really high on my own personal call sheet, you know, but I, I do get some Seosin tracks in a lot, a lot of Under Oath and a, a fair bit of Emery. But really, of all these bands, those are the only bands I listen to regularly on this list. And so they represent a kind of a the louder chunk of the stuff that I listen to when I not just want energy, because of course it can increase my energy, but I will actually listen to this stuff when I am at my most tired. And it's like a, it's like a dopamine serotonin, something like that. Uh, a lot of pop punk will get in there as well. Some other kind of hardcore and metalcore stuff, that stuff, basically my workout playlist is what mm -hmm. it, it's called on my phone. And I will listen to that, obviously, if I'm at the gym and, and want, that's more for the energy. But I also listen to it when I'm at a very low ebb of energy. And it's almost like a self-care. It, it really is. It is like a short-term self-care practice. Or it also works as like, a, I'm in a, like, I might be like, Jaff, I'm in a funk. I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to go listen to music for 45 minutes on my headphones before we have to do this thing. And then I will kind of emerge with like 30 or 40% of my battery filled up and can like do whatever I need to do that day. So yeah. I, it's interesting. I use it like that as well. Yeah. I, I get, and it's like, you know, chicken or egg sort of thing as well. Basking in the nostalgic dopamine. It, it, it absolutely is a thing because it's, it was also a snapshot in easily one of the just most pure fun times in my life just freedom is the thing that keeps coming to mind and like elect and excitement and electricity and like things are happening and so also um when i moved to when i got sent to a, a 
very long-term rehab in Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, in 2005. So I was 17 and they do this thing where, uh, you have to go out and look for a job, but you don't have a car. So you're on foot. And this is before wow. cell phones are ubiquitous yeah. and all that sort of thing. And I remember going to the mall, Louisiana, and I got a CD sampler. This is why I said that. And I, my parents had sent me a, a Walkman, a non-skip yeah. Walkman. And <laughs> yeah, um, a disc man, a, a non-skip disc man. Yeah. Yeah. And on that sampler was uh studying politics by, by Emory. And this is when this was another like Emory poignant moment. And wow, dude, I wore out the pavement. I mean, I'm talking like six hours a day. Cause it's like you check out in the morning and you can't come home until five at night. So I'm just walking around Baton Rouge, just headphones on soundtrack in my life to this music that is literally, I, I, I can easily escape and be transported into a, a, a soundtracked life. Like I'm big into movie scores. I love movies. Yeah. And so like you put headphones on me and yep. you set me in a scene. It's, it's great. It's pure, pure escapism in the best possible way. Hmm. I guess if, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a meditation. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's I'm escapism certain. doesn't seem like the right word because yeah. you are connecting to these parts of yourself. And if you, if you were escaping, you would be like, distracting yourself from all that yeah you're you're right it's 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 i guess meditation would be more or like a con uh hmm, what would you think that would be it's 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 almost like assigning purpose to otherwise maybe meaningless activities yeah. Yeah, meaning making and then yeah. and then reconnecting with that meaning something like that yeah yeah um and it's i you know i guess everyone has this ability too and so now when i go back and listen to those there's a piece of that memory of that feeling that comes back up and I'm like 17 again. And, you know, uh, you know, to, to paint the picture, it's like, I'm, I'm this young kid. I'm freshly sober. I'm just exploring. I'm about to find a new job. Who knows what job I'm going to get? What's life going to be like? And, and this is my soundtrack and it's just the fucking best. That's so cool, man. Well, that's, yeah. that's like the coolest place to end. Jed Payne. If people want to hear more from you, they can listen to church and other drugs Yes, your podcast yes. tends to be tends to be more religion. But do you ever do kind of music? Oh, stuff? yeah, okay. it's it's such a mixed bag. I mean, I've had people from Emory, Silent Planet, August Prince Red. OK, yeah, yeah. tons of musicians cool. as well. Just yeah, there's a there's an episode for every flavor. So just search around. If you want to actually shoot me one or two episodes, I will put them in the show notes that cool. like are kind of just maybe some of these artists or something like that. Cool. Will do. All right. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you for I think it was you that suggested screamo uh in an, an early text exchange and i'm really glad you did this was a little different you know it's like definitely music that i have i know the least of any of these that i've recorded thus far and i would probably say overall that i am the least enthusiastic about because <laughs> i tend to choose stuff that i'm quite enthusiastic about uh but it was fun and i and i have discovered some bands that i really like that i certainly wouldn't have come across otherwise. So I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Grateful for you, bro. Thanks, Jed. And everybody, you can send your angry emails about who won or who counts as Screamo to Jed at churchandotherdrugs.com. Church and, church and other drugs at gmail.com. I welcome it. Let's have a talk. Hash it out with Jed uh, in the in email or find him on Reddit or something. All right. Thanks, Jed, so much. Oh, man. <laughs>